Ahoy hoy! Welcome aboard the Character Arc Podcast, where we discuss story elements to movies we just watched. We put a special emphasis on character as we break down things we liked, didn't like, and provide changes as if we were the ones making the movie. Let's get started. Hey guys! Uh, so, uh, we've been going through the Alien franchise when in between new releases. So we watched Alien, we watched Aliens. Um, joining me as always is... Theodore Hong. And if you've been listening to the Alien franchise talks, you also know that joining us also is... Nick Slayick. So, this week we watched Alien 3. Here, in a world where the sun burns cold. And the wind blows colder. A visitor has come. But not by herself. It started. No, no. Alien cubed. Yes. Alien cubed. It is, it is bafflingly a superscript for some reason. Yeah. Could um, they have also said aliens with three S's? Like. More S's. But there wasn't. There wasn't more of them. No, there was. There was only one. Actually, <laughs> uh, there was less than the second. There was less. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Far less. <laughs> Wait. So this is the redheaded stepchild of the Alien franchise. <laughs> yes. This is the one that it did the worst at the box office. Right. Got bad reviews by and large. No one likes it. The director doesn't like it. Right. Um. David this Fincher. film. David Fincher. That this believe this, it or not, this film was directed by one of the most respected directors of the modern era, and the film famously had a lot of production difficulties. David Fincher claims that 20th Century Fox made him reshoot a whole bunch of stuff and made made him change a whole bunch of things. This is his first film, by the way, so that's not unrealistic. That that a new director may have been hired for the express purpose that the studio wanted to exert power over him yeah. and make, <laughs> make the film that they wanted. So the film was fundamentally different. The film was rewritten reportedly on the day of shooting. People would As find out went. that what they had shot was not going to be used in the movie. What? Like at the end of the day, they would literally find out what we just shot won't be in the film. What? Um, you know, and I think you can get probably both sides of this, which is that Fincher would say because he had an idea and the studio said no after the fact, or every as he showed them dailies, as he showed them final cuts. Also, reportedly, the, his first final cut of this film, three hours long and NC-17 uh, <laughs> rating. I, I question the NC-17 rating, though, because it was 1992. Yeah. I think that if we look at that now, because it was all for violence. So right. it was like, eh, probably today we wouldn't call it that. And Fox would say that he was a perfectionist, that he wasted a lot of their money redoing things over and over again, which we actually do know is true about Fincher. Other actors in his later films, which are very good, say we had to do this take 50 times for some reason. <laughs> um, but in case you're unaware, Fincher went on to do Seven, Fight Club, you know, uh, Zodiac, Panic Room. He's a very good director. He had Mank came out this what last a weird, year. Sorry, um, Panic Room. Like, what a weird Panic Room is a great. Panic yeah, no, it's a, <laughs> but it seems it's just a weird. Yeah, yeah, thing. no, I, like a weird aside kind yeah. of movie. But no, yeah, I agree. I remember watching that movie with my parents and being very uncomfortable with the fact that I it was the word fuck was said like forty seven times. <laughs> Jared Leto was culturally appropriating. Like this could have ruined David Fincher's career. It was a it was a flop, hardcore flop. 
Everyone in the industry thought it was a disaster. It is something that no one who likes the Alien franchise talks about. I, who love the Alien franchise and suggested this entire premise of this podcast, had only seen it once until today. (laughs) (laughs) But Sigourney Weaver has gone on record saying, after this movie was released, that Fincher was very talented. It was not his fault, that it was Fox's fault. And also, the person who eventually would give him the the job for Seven, his next film, and, you know, a, a classic knew the people who worked at Fox and essentially says, yeah, it's their fault. Like, he just hated the Fox. He didn't know Fincher that well. He just knew the Fox executives and was like, it's not his fault. (laughs) It's definitely not his fault. (laughs) And I will say, I think that David Fincher's filmmaking comes through in this movie a shocking amount. I think this movie is actually really good. I will caveat the way the alien is superimposed looks like fucking garbage, which yeah. is sad because when the alien is a practical effect, looks really looks fucking good. Looks really good in that case. And the pacing towards the end is off. Like when they're doing that final lure the alien into the space, that's weirdly long and yeah. slow. But up to that point, I was fucking riveted by this movie. I think this movie's fucking great. Were you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm so surprised to hear okay. you say that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was getting ready to like kind of be on your side about it and then you said you've been riveted for the (laughs) (laughs) because it's it's weird that i mean riveted might be a strong (laughs) dialing it back some well look look look. the conflict is it comes from a million different directions yeah like i at first even when i put it on this morning and i was like okay this i was like Huh, they're they're prison monks, huh? This is weird. <laughs> well, that's that was, it is such an odd thing. But that's because they conflated two of the concepts. It ends up becoming a really interesting dynamic with their characters, though. This really interesting moral play. Okay, so okay, let me hit on the first the <laughs> first points. I think on a thematic level, it seems like a natural progression because it all focuses on like this, you know, this this motherhood juxtaposed with a bunch of guys that are in this monk sort of lifestyle in prison and have not seen a woman. It's, it's a very different backdrop, right? So on a thematic level, sure. But a lot of the pacing and the conflicts that kind of go about into it, they just kind of go in circles. Like here's an example. So between Clemens and Ripley, for some reason, they they do this whole little dance about like asking each other questions and then using sex to deflect, and then they don't. Why? I love why those characters? Okay, but <laughs> why is she? Why is she not saying anything to him? You would think that she's seen what happened. She knows that having more people on her side will help deal with the situation, as opposed to mysteriously I think she was keeping. Just it. always inherently aware that she may be harboring one inside her. I, I think it's because in the both of the first two films, we see how she's shut down every time that she tells someone the truth. And he tells her, or she tells him, you won't believe me anyway. And so I, I that, think that's that from, such an excuse, though. I think from the first two films, that's a believable yeah, character. I don't I, think so. I guess no if, one believed her in either of the first two films. Nobody believed her because everyone was already antagonistic I, toward her. But he was supportive of her okay. from the get go. Sure. Yeah. While I agree with Richard's thought process about it. Yeah. My kind of coming from your perspective is she's been through it. This is a third time now. Why would she give a fuck if anybody believed her or not? Sure. I, uh, that's fine. Like, she's like this she, is yeah. what's going okay, on. If, if you she, can believe me or not, you're a stupid fuck if you don't believe me. Right. Like, See, if she went that way, as what you're describing, I would find that more believable. But she deliberately just avoided the question completely and even divulging I any mean, crucial information. Maybe I think she I just th- needed the D. Yeah. 
at that point. I, I mean, know, she lost. Can, can we quickly she lost talk? Hicks. I think that I will concede to you that Ripley is a weaker character in this than she is in other films. Yes. Because she is kind of what she needs to be. So. She's but not really weak though will, because she goes off searching for that mother effort by herself. I don't mean like, I don't mean weak in like a strength standpoint. I mean like her character is not as clear. Oh yeah. Right. Okay. The, the writing is yeah. not as strong for her. But I'm gonna just back to seems the, more desperate. I do think that the characters as a whole of this film that populate this film are more interesting, and I will touch on them in a second because we just talked about her fucking Tywin Lannister. Tywin. And yeah. and I just one thing I did think was that when it cuts to that scene and they get up, they're like they're both like fully, fully clothed. Dressed. Yeah. <laughs> like like really? Like yeah. no one has like a shirt off. <laughs> like Hey, I don't know. Some people have that fetish, you know. Maybe they just both haven't giving me more reason to believe that they both are on the same level. It it is funny, though, because he puts a shirt on, even though he already has a shirt on. It's just a bigger shirt. (laughs) It's like, okay, you're going to dress yourself. It's it's cold. (laughs) Anyway, that was just weird. It's It's like for a movie that I'm pretty sure is rated R anyway, which you don't at least make it believe. I don't know. Like after I have sex, I don't then fully dress myself and then lay back in bed. (laughs) You don't? You don't? (laughs) When I'm done, I'm done. (laughs) One thing that I liked about the movie, though, is that it has so much... With the prisoners... Okay. And the sort of non-prisoners. Sure. Sorry, I don't remember all their names because who yeah, cares? Yeah, who gives um, but, oh, but this is such a riveting movie. Is that right? <laughs> right, I know. Right. <laughs> so, you know, Tywin. They're not <laughs> as Charles annoying. Character Clemens. As Clemens. The other so, ones. He is like a facet of something. You have some character. Some of these prison characters end up being kind of scum. Some of them are were maybe lived a life that was... They did a bunch of bad deeds, but are truly reformed. I will and I'm thinking of, I like these guys more than the other characters I'm, in other movies. So I'm thinking of Dylan, who he alludes strongly that he did bad things, but he is definitely truly reformed. Well, some of the other ones say they've found God and stuff like that, and they're just kind of living in this society. But he is clearly, like, he faces moral quandaries through the film and is steadfast on them. Yeah. And then you have, you know, Charles Dance's character who was... Once a criminal, and then kind of came out the other side of it, which, by the way, that original plot line was different. It was that he euthanized his, his wife when childbirth was to kill both his wife and daughter. They softened that a bit by saying he just prescribed, he, he got drunk up. and prescribed yeah. the wrong pain meds. But also, what a great scene in which you f- he finally pays off, this is who I am, and then he immediately dies. Yeah, <laughs> I like the way this movie sets that up and then pays that off in the sense that like this is going to be her her partner this way. This right. is going to be the person who helps her through this. This is going to be the other surviving member of this crew, and then undercuts it by saying, "No, no one's safe. This main, this other main character is not think. is dead immediately." And so let me go. I want to go on record and say I like that. Yes, because when it's proper use of like subverting expectations, because up until that point. He would do, I mean, obviously you would want that for the protagonist, but after a certain point, it has to become more difficult for the protagonist. Because then case. you see there is no hope. Right. That, like the one person who was working with her, now she has to go to that guy, the actual like, which is one of the other types of characters, which is like the prison like foreman guy. The warden. The warden. And that guy's a douchebag. That yeah, guy's yeah. the biggest criminal of them all. But see, <laughs> let me go back to my original point as to why Clemens should they should have already shared the information because she confided in him and he accepted it and does not think that she's ridiculous. And then he ends up dying. Mm-hmm. 
boom, that would have that would have deepened that loss. But no, the whole time they do this dance, like, I don't want to tell you. They do this Charles dance. Yeah. (laughs) 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 So that's my point. It just seems from a character standpoint, it would, it just did not make sense for her to want to withhold that information. And I, I do, I, like I said, I do, I think I do concede that. I think that Ripley as a character is much more pronounced in the first film. And even so in the second film, although watching this film, I like this film better than the second film. I just really do. Well, like the second film has this place in film history, and having rewatched them now in this this order, the second film is really weirdly tonally yeah. and really weirdly paced and really long. And this one felt felt good up to a certain like two thirds of it to me felt very interesting, and then the payoff is wrong. But I really enjoyed it. Also, David Fincher's shots are just really good still, even back then. And the the, the note that I made was that. So early on when the fire breaks, like, early, why does that fire break out? Because he Cause that guy drops the thing down the... They're Lighter. trying to crawl up into somewhere, and he's, that thing falls out of the... Okay. The lighty stick. Once they turn the... Sp- Wait, once, once what they are turn those fucking I don't know. Called? It was just a stick. Like a flare. A, a flare, flare, yeah. Once it, the sprinklers turn on, there's a... The, like, one of the last shots of that sequence is that a bucket, once it, it's superheated, when the water hits it, and it cools, it separates. It like cracks. It's just a throwaway Shot. image. Yeah. Just real quick. And that's how they kill the alien. Is that it's coated in lead. They turn the sprinklers on, and the separating of the lead from cooling super fast is what rips the alien apart. And it plants in your mind that that's a possibility like an hour earlier. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Anyway. I, David Fincher's a very talented filmmaker. See, I, I think that's where <laughs> a lot of Fincher stuff does come through. But I will say in the beginning with like the funeral and even uh, parts before it. The editing was so oddly... I, like, I understand the idea of just opposing what was happening along with like the beast in the background, if you remember. It just kept cutting back and forth, and it was jarring. And I don't think in a good way. You know, I don't... like. It, it felt like, not to kind of insult, but like a very amateurish kind of style of editing, thinking, like, I'll put these two juxtapos- juxtaposing... Wait, what, what exactly were we talking about? So, like, okay, it's the part where Newt and Hicks are going to be the whole funeral scene being thrown into the <laughs> oh, thing. Oh, okay. And yeah, then yeah. it's also, oh, poor, poor doggy. The doggy? Yeah. 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 Being ripped apart, right? Like, I understand, but it was just like flashes here and there. But it was also like throughout the opening sequence. Yeah. And I was just like, uh, okay, like, was it trying to instill this sort of. Anxiety it was trying. Kind of thing, I think. I think it, it was. I think it was telling you they think that by burning these bodies, they're done with it, and it's showing you they're not done with it. I think that the threat wasn't there. The threat was here. Fair enough, but I just think the editing choppy style was not. Yeah. was not very good. At least that's just to me. I didn't have a. I, I just didn't have a strong feeling about that one way. There, I don't. I don't love it or hate it. As I all. feel yeah. more uncomfortable about the alien hurting a dog to come out than I do a person. Doggy yeah. flopping around. <laughs> yeah. Originally, an it ox made me and, more upset. Um, I, yeah, I it's supposed to be an ox. Right? I did watch the assembly cut scenes after I watched, like the ones that are different. Yeah. Um, afterward, which by the way, this film does not have a director's cut; it has an assembly cut, which is because Fincher. when they made the director's cuts, they invited all four directors back to direct the, to to make director's cuts of the films, and Fincher said no. He said the movie was so different from his vision even in what was shot and edited, that he can't fix it for himself, so he wasn't going to be part of it. But he gave a producer the uh, his permission or his like blessing to use some of the footage he shot and wasn't used to 
reconstruct the film however he saw fit, which that producer does say he uses Fincher's original notes to try to do it the best he can. Um, it was not a dog. Originally, it was this oxen, Ox, right. which actually, even though Symbolic. I don't necessarily care about the animal itself, those scenes are better shot. Like the, the ox like is dangling yeah. and the, the alien rips out and kind of puppets away. I say puppet because it puppets, is a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's more moody. Like those scenes are more moody than the dog. The dog flopping around is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Can I pose this as far as Ripley as a whole over the three movies? So the first movie, you have Ripley being a second-in-command, kind of in charge, but not really in charge. They're just blue-collar workers. She's a nobody, basically. And some crazy fucking shit happens, and she ends up being, like, the only person that lives. So then the next movie happens, and she gets this boost about herself going in. I've been through these things. People are behind me. I have the company behind me. We're going to go in here. We're going to kill these fuckers. She gets attached to Newt and that other guy. Hicks. Uh, Hicks. Hicks. Yeah. And so in the third movie, it starts out with immediately when she wakes up, Newt's dead. Hicks is dead. She's on this weird fucking planet that's just a bunch of dudes. They've got no security. And once again, she has failed to escape these fucking aliens. So I think in this third movie, she's just defeated. I can like, see that. She's just done. Like, yeah, she would be exhausted. You're like, like yeah, motherfucker. Like, I'm so tired. I, of these. She, she, and I think that shows a little bit in the movie because she does just say, "I just have to die." Like, yeah, that's, that's like I, I think that's why maybe her character didn't come across maybe as strong in this one because she's just done. I I can see that in some aspects. I do think her character works in this transition, and I don't think you're wrong though, Ted. Like I see what you're talking about. It just didn't strike me as, I guess, bad as it struck you. I, I don't know. It just it doesn't make sense because I I mean I understand where Nick's coming from and I I agree with him. I think that maybe she, she, is she didn't want to share it because it didn't matter. She, uh, there was but, nothing she was going to tell him that was going to change anything because nothing is ever like er, like she thought she was safe with the other two and then they're both dead and now she's got one inside her. If like, but she only had that realization. Like it was confirmed well later into the on. Movie, yeah, right? I know. If you were going to go that route, I think it should have been like she was holding back a lot more than it seemed. Like she wouldn't have called for an autopsy. She, you know, she wouldn't have done certain actions. I she, feel. she is clearly trying to put a stop to it. Like she's right. actively trying yeah. to. Yeah, she's doing too much for what you're proposing it to be completely true. Yeah, like, I think is what. Yes. Yeah, the thing is, they might have tried to go that route. But I think it got interspliced with a bunch of different versions and yeah. rewrites, mm. you know. Well, that's like she goes down there and she's basically like, "What's what's that scene in that other? Oh, in Men in Black, we made this. We talking about this in the D and D podcast. Eat me, yeah. Eat oh me. yeah. <laughs> Can we talk like, about how when they're in the in the lead pit where they're gonna drop the lead on the alien and that's the trap, and she has that moment with Dylan yeah. and he's like, "No, you have to get out of here." I kill you when this when it's dead, and so he she walks up and then he stays and is the is the bait for the alien. It's like 
I mean, functionally, there's no difference if you just let her stay and be the yeah. baby for the alien. What What was he thinking? <laughs> no, the, I was trying to. Unless he wants that her out. to redeem herself, unless he wants her to see. But I we didn't get that in the movie. Yet. I, I what I what it came across to me as is the alien didn't care about her. The only reason it was following it them in the first place her. is because it, he had her. You're right, because right. she. She has the it was it she wouldn't was kill her. To it, any it, yeah, that's true. That's true. So well, that right. that's what I think they were trying to get across, but it was still weird. This might not be like the greatest idea, but like let's say they did switch. It was Ripley down there. Ripley can do more to hold on to the alien because the alien won't attack her. And that that might cause it just to leave though. Yeah. But you know, and we saw that you scene where she's this... trying to like wrestle with his tail that she yeah. can't really keep yeah. in place. I know yeah. that was a weird scene. Yeah, that was yeah. a really awkward it was scene too. Weirdly long. Yeah, there is there's serious pacing problems. Like there all is, of the is, all yeah. of the running through the hallways no. with the weird spinning camera angles. Yeah. Just a little bit too much. Yeah. Like if they had shortened that a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that sequence is fine. I think you cut that sequence in half though. Yeah, you just make exactly. it like a lot yeah. shorter. It wasn't bad, and they kept going back to it. Because it's supposed to, it. to be yeah. really, to it. <laughs> it's supposed to be this really tense moment where they're all at the edge, but it goes on for twenty minutes. Yeah. It's like if you want us to feel like this is hectic and crazy, then get get us through the scenes really fast. Yeah. yeah. And here's here's another thing with the movie, and I think it's part of the sound design, and then also the the lack of suspense. There were times where I, it might be like a '90s kind of thing where they over they overlay music. It's like background music at all times, even though it doesn't quite match the mood. Yeah, or like, like, it like might something more. could always imminently be ha- about to happen, but right. then nothing ever does. Yeah, or it could just benefit more from being quiet. I think that that is a sign of the time. Yeah, I, I think so. Because yeah. like, if you remember back like in Alien, there were just there was no sound, and I think that was good. Uh, oh, the suspense. No, it just There seemed, wasn't a lot of it. There wasn't a lot of it. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. I will concede that to you guys. This is not a horror movie. I was at no point tense. No, yeah. I, I just I was tense from the same point that the rape, I, the rape scene was I about the, the most characters. uncomfortable I ever got. Yeah, I was for like, sure. how far are they gonna go with And this? him strapping Let's... on his goggles. <laughs> I liked all the human characters interacting with each other, like way more than I liked that in any other film. Right. I was less like tense from this is a horror movie yeah. tense. I, the right. aliens were almost like incidental to the movie. I was That's, like, okay, yeah. whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. If it weren't like the third installment to a movie and it was its own thing, maybe. It was more about Ripley. Yeah. And like, I, there's more I think of a character that that, study on that. I think that there's part of that that makes it a better film, but that's also where I say two thirds of the way through the film, like the film kind of isn't as strong as I think the first two thirds are, which is that, yes, yeah, so I think that's what you're alluding to, Ted, which is that if you do this character work, which is interesting to watch, pay it off with the alien at the end by things just going to shit. And I do, I think, agree with you guys that. Once it's all about the alien, it is definitively less interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Because this movie doesn't do a good job of either action or horror. Yeah. yeah. But it's an interesting, weird sci-fi movie. So, like, <laughs> the thing is, maybe as a movie unto itself, it would be more... If they didn't attach it to an alien franchise, it might be something. But because they killed off some pretty crucial characters from the second one and just kind of, like, hit a reset button, essentially... I think a lot of people felt it was such a shitty reset button. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I don't really care about that in the sense that aliens is a reset button on alien. Like they're so different. The the movies are so different, but But I don't think it was an okay. There's still so much of a, a, the, the threat of aliens is the fact that they multiply. Right. And the company 
Waylon Yutani. Yutani, thank you. It was already set from the the first movie that they wanted to get that mm-hmm. right, and then we see what happens. It comes to fruition in the second one. Yes, albeit it, there is a tonal change, it becomes more action packed. Yeah, I agree. And most of those characters are bad. They're right. bad characters. They yeah. are bad characters. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. went to '90s or '80s hero. They're type. all just screaming at each other and yeah. like saying saying catchphrases. Yeah, know? and this that's that's where I was so surprised by this movie because there was. Real character motivation behind some of these people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, for sure. So, obviously, not a perfect movie. But it's interesting. I, I, I took a look at some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, and they were talking about, like, some of the concepts that were suggested for this installment were scrapped because they thought it was too silly. Like, But then they ended up making those concepts into different movies, like Signs being one of them because it was supposed to be aliens in, like, a cornfield. And then what was another one? Prometheus. They ended up using that for Prometheus. Um, Originally, yeah. Originally, Ridley Scott was offered to come back to make the third film. Right. He wanted to make an origin story. At they the said alien. no. Yeah. And so they made Alien 3. And then 20 years later, he's like, here's Prometheus. Right. Because all of your ones you said no to failed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I think Prometheus also kind of failed. Although it could have failed that bad because they made a sequel to Prometheus. It yeah. was, uh, well, when we get to that. Mediocre. Yeah. I think we're almost done, guys. So... Sorry, Nick. I know that we yeah. <laughs> we argued with each other a lot. No, 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 y'all are fine. I there's not really a whole lot to say about this this one. It's did you as far let me, as the, let me boil it down to this? Did you like it more or less than the other two? Rank them. Rank them. <laughs> Jesus, rank them. For oh, the listeners, man. Richard just gave the crazy eyes to I Nick. Did, I did. <laughs> rank them. I'm going to say two, three, one. Wow, you like three more than one? I think one is the most boring. Although it has a lot of fun natural effects and stuff like that, I think overall it's the most boring. And I think I kind of agree with Richard in that I I had a lot more character connection with some of the actors in the third movie. I actually cared about Dylan dying in the end. Um, like yeah. I, I really liked his character. I didn't give two shits about they, most of the other Morse, people dying. Like, well, they, yeah. they, Why was Morse... I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. I hated 85 because he is just a fucking company man. <laughs> That's what they do in the movie. Like, Everyone, all the company men are they, just... I they, liked that one other character who was kind of a little shit and then ended up redeeming himself at the very end of the thing this trying to save Ripley. Like, this is what don't, I'm saying. Don't shut up. <laughs> uh, I, I actually, you go on a journey yeah. with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I give, I give it the second spot. And I think the second movie is just the most action-y and I'm like an action person. It is. See, I think that to me, three and one, it's hard for me to place them, honestly. And I know that's a weird thing to say. I probably won, but also because it's just it is more cohesive. But three is pretty fucking close to me, and two's last for me. But I think that three is a much better sequel to one than two is than Aliens is. I think that tonally it matches a lot better. I think that if you just said she got expelled from that ship on the the, the evac thing, right, yeah. and then maybe there wasn't a Hicks or right. Newt. So that's why they're not here. Right. And she just lands on that planet and she's like shook about this queen maybe being in her. I think all that works and it but doesn't require 
the inclusion of all this wackiness that's into. Right. And I think that that's more what the franchise is working with. And also it mirrors, like, the way that Dylan's character is one thing at the... is kind of nothing at the beginning, actually. Dylan, you would not peg him as a main character until he becomes one, which is also what Ripley does in the first film. Right. Yeah. And so I, I just think this movie... I think that maybe David Fincher tried his best... And had shortcomings for sure, but to actually try to be faithful to the original film in a way that James Cameron didn't with the second film, right? Which James Cameron made a good film. Like he I made, said, he I made a James Cameron film. It, it, he made a yeah, James Cameron there's film. There's sure. lots of guns and fire and things blow up and yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to go with another order. One, two, three. <laughs> just, they just get worse. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing: I, it's not that I completely hate three. I think that. There were a lot of good elements that you can tell were very Fincher Mm -hmm. styled, and I wish he had more control over that because I think he, I mean, let's look at his work. I think he could have done something really, really good, but because a lot of the other interference and the noise, it really just dropped and it just seemed kind of, well, yes, thematically and the character interactions are more solid than the second one. The second movie... Cameron, I guess, and I, I even kind of hate saying this, but there were a lot more iconic stuff in the second movie. Oh, definitely, there, yeah. there absolutely is. So yeah. when you talk about Alien, you most remember people think well, of the second, second movie, one, right? I think th- I think that's partially Cameron. I think Cameron knew that. I think that's yeah. why it's not Alien Two. Right. I think Cameron was like, if it just kind of has a slightly different name, it's not called Two. Right. People will think of my movie, right? Which huh. I'm not trying to say that snarkily. Take it away from him, like. He it, that is yeah. an iconic action film. Like yeah. it is, it is. He did well. When yeah. you think right. of aliens, the first thing that it, it when you say alien, the very first thing I always think of is the scene where she's in the, the robot mech, yep. mech right. suit thing fighting right. the fucking queen. No, yeah, like, same. No, and then alien. I mean, we've talked about it. I think it's all around really good. It is slow, so it's just I can see why it's more boring. Um, but I think like production wise and putting everything together i think that was great yeah yeah i i can't knock the first one on like it's for the times production value and stuff right. like that it is just the most it is it, a lot of like to l- me long shots unnecessarily like you yeah. could have like cut some of those up i agree but the third sorry just one more point no, no. it's because the third and the marketing how they i think marketed it initially i think that's what threw people off a lot uh, yeah, so, probably. Because um, it's supposed to take place on Earth, apparently. So. Right. Audiences didn't judge it on its own merits as much as they might have because the advertising was somewhat dishonest about what it was. What it was. So here's what I suggest. Ridley Scott made Prometheus and Covenant, uh-huh. the alien prequels, uh-huh. which are, I think, good. People disagree with that. <laughs> Let David Fincher direct the third one of those. <laughs> and just don't interrupt him. Just right. don't just don't just leave him alone. Just let him make his real alien movie. Because it's probably gonna be really good. Right. That's funny. <laughs> um that is all for Alien 3, though. We will be back for Alien Resurrection. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find us on characterarc.net. You can find us at characterarc on Instagram and at characterarc on Facebook. I'm Richard Bertelson, and joining me today was Theodore Hong and also Nick Slick. Bye guys. Bye.